It is a truism that many who join a rising revolutionary movement are attracted by the prospect of sudden and spectacular change in their conditions of life. A revolutionary movement is a conspicuous instrument of change. 64,000 is the median number of words per book. Average person reads about 200 words per minute. Simple math will tell us that is one book in 320 minutes. To accomplish this in seven days, numbers say you would have to read for 45 minutes a day. Don't forget to subscribe. Hit that notification button, like, comment, and share. Enjoy. Welcome to the Book of the Week series. Every week, as I read another amazing title, I share it with the world. My name is Igor S.F. Walker. Today, we look at the true believer. Thoughts on the nature of mass movements by Eric Hoffer. So how about you slow down and relax? Reduce all that noise for just a bit. Make that choice and decide to listen. In this video, we look at the peculiarities common to all mass movements, be they religious movements, social revolutions, or nationalist movements. Certain essential characteristics which give them a family likeness. Stick around till the end. I will share with you some tools I haven't used that will help you tremendously in this game of life. Discover a way to find out what actually motivates you. What innate human need is driving all of your decisions and your behavior. I will share some tools to improve your self-awareness, social awareness, self-management, and relationship management. The true believer the man of fanatical faith who is ready to sacrifice his life for a holy cause. An attempt is made to trace his genesis and cogline his nature as an aid in this effort. Use is made of a working hypothesis, starting out from the fact that the frustrated predominate among the early adherents of all mass movements, and that they usually join of their own accord, it is assumed, number one, the frustration of itself without any proselytizing prompting from the outside can generate most of the peculiar characteristics of the true believer. And number two, that an effective technique of conversion consists basically in the inculcation and fixation of proclivities and responses indigenous to the frustrated mind. In modern times, the mass movements involved in the realization of vast and rapid change are revolutionary and nationalist, singularly or in combination. There is in us a tendency to locate the shaping forces of our existence outside ourselves. Success and failure are unavoidably related in our minds 
with the state of things around us. Hence, it has led people with a sense of fulfillment think it a good world, and they would like to conserve it as it is, while the frustrated favor radical change. The tendency to look for all causes outside ourselves persists even when it is clear that our state of being is the product of personal qualities such as ability, character, appearance, health, and so on. The difference between the conservative and the radical seem to spring mainly from their attitude towards the future. Fear of the future causes us to lean against and cling to the present, while faith in the future renders us receptive to change. Now, both the rich and the poor, the strong and the weak, they who have achieved much or little, they can all be afraid of the future. For men to plunge headlong into an undertaking of vast change, they must be intensely discontented, yet not destitute, and they must have the feeling that, by the possession of some potent doctrine, infallible leader, or some new technique, they have access to a source of irresistible power. They must also have an extravagant conception of the prospects and potentialities of the future. And finally, they must be wholly ignorant of the difficulties involved in their vast undertaking. Experience is a handicap. Mass movements are usually accused of doping their followers with hope of the future while cheating them of the enjoyment of the present. Yet it is the frustrated the present is irremediably spoiled. Comforts and pleasure cannot make it whole. No real content or comfort can ever rise in their minds but from hope. Since all mass movements draw their adherents from the same types of humanity and appeal to the same types of mind, it follows a all mass movements are competitive, and the gain of one in adherence is the loss of all others, and b all mass movements are interchangeable. One mass movement readily transforms itself into another. A religious movement may develop into a social revolution, or a nationalist movement, a social revolution, into militant nationalism, or a religious movement, a nationalist movement, into a social revolution, or a religious movement. See, where freedom is real, equality is the passion of the masses. Where equality is real, freedom is the passion of a small minority. Equality without freedom creates a more stable social pattern than freedom without equality. The permanent misfits can find salvation 
only in a complete separation from the self. And they usually find it by losing themselves in the compact collectivity of a mass movement. By renouncing individual will, judgment and ambition, and dedicating all their powers to the service of an eternal cause, they are at last lifted off the endless treadmill which can never lead them to fulfillment, the most incurably frustrated and therefore the most among the permanent misfits are those with the unfulfilled craving for creative work. Neither fame, nor power, nor riches, nor even monumental achievements in other fields can still their hunger. Even the wholehearted dedication to a holy cause does not always cure them. The inordinately selfish are particularly susceptible to frustration. The more selfish a person, the more poignant the disappointment. It is the inordinately selfish. Therefore, who are likely to be the more persuasive champions of selflessness. The fierce fanatics are often selfish people who were forced by innate shortcomings or external circumstances to lose faith in their own selves. Remorse and a sense of grievance seem to drive people in the same direction. It sometimes seems that mass movements are custom-made to fit the needs of the criminal, not only for the catharsis of his soul, but also for the exercise of his inclinations and talents, the technique of a proselytizing mass movements, aims to evoke in the faithful the mood and the frame of mind of a repentant criminal. Now, the subject of self-sacrifice, the technique of fostering a readiness to fight and to die, consists in separating the individual from his flesh and blood self, not allowing him to be his real self. Now, this can be achieved by the thorough assimilation of the individual into a compact collective body by endowing him with an imaginary self, make-believe, by implanting him a depreciating attitude towards the present and revetting his interests on things that are not yet, by interposing a fact-proof screen between him and reality, a doctrine and by preventing, through the injection of passion, the establishment of a stable equilibrium between the individual and his self-fanaticism. To ripen a person for self-sacrifice, he must be stripped of his individual identity and distinctness. 
when the individual faces torture or annihilation, he cannot rely on the resources of his own individuality. His only source of strength is in not being himself, but actually part of something mighty, something glorious, and indestructible faith here is primarily a process of identification, the process by which the individual ceases to be himself and becomes part of something eternal. Faith in humanity, in posterity, in the destiny of one's religion, nation, race, party, family. What is it but the visualization of that eternal something to which we attach the self that is about to be annihilated. In the practice of mass movements, make-believe plays perhaps a more enduring role than any other factor. When faith and the power to persuade, coerce or coerce are gone, make-believe lingers on. The chief preoccupation of an active mass movement is to instill in its following a faculty for united action and self-sacrifice. And it achieves this faculty and this facility by stripping each human entity of its distinctness and autonomy and turning it into an anonymous particle with no will and no judgment of its own. <coughs> the result is not only a compact and fearless following, but also a homogeneous plastic mass that can be kneaded and molded at will. The human plasticity necessary for the realization of drastic and abrupt changes seems therefore to be a byproduct of the process of unification of the inculculation of a readiness for self-sacrifice. All this fervor and all this fanaticism are therefore clustered around this lifeline. His striving for utmost unity is more intense than the vague longing of the frustrated for an escape from an unattainable self. The frustrated individual still has a choice. He can find a new life, not only by becoming part of a corporate body, or also by changing his environment, or by throwing himself or her into some absorbing undertaking. The unified individual, on the other hand, has no choice. He must cling to the collective body, or like a fallen leaf, wither and fade. It is doubtful whether the excommunicated priest, the expelled communist, and the renegade chauvinist can ever find peace of mind as autonomous individuals. They cannot stand up on their own but they must embrace a new cause and then attach themselves to a new group. The true believer is eternally incomplete, eternally insecure. It is easy to see 
how the fault-finding man of words, by persistent ridicule and denunciation, shakes prevailing beliefs and loyalties, and familiarizes the masses with the idea of change. What is not so obvious is the process by which the discrediting of existing beliefs and institutions makes possible the rise of new fanatical faith. The majority of people cannot endure the barrenness and the futility of their lives unless they have some hardened dedication or some passionate pursuit in which they can lose themselves. The tragic figures in history of mass movements are often the intellectual precursors who actually live long enough to see the downfall of the old order by the actions of the masses. The intellectual precursors. They rise against the established order. They deride its irrationality and its incompetence. They denounce its illegitimacy and its oppressiveness. And then they call for freedom of self-expression and self-realization. They take it actually for granted that the masses who respond to their call and range themselves behind them crave the same things. However, the freedom that the masses crave is not the freedom of self-expression and self-realization, but freedom from the intolerable burden of an autonomous existence. They want freedom from the fearful burden of free choice. Freedom from the arduous responsibility of realizing they are their own ineffectual selves and then shouldering the blame for the blemished product. They do not want freedom of conscious and consciousness, but faith, blind authoritarian faith. They sweep away the old order, not to create the society of free and independent men, but to establish uniformity, individual anonymity, and a new structure of perfect unity. The reason for the tragic faith almost always overtakes the intellectual midwives of mass movement is that no matter how much they preach and glorify the united effort, they actually remain essentially individualists. They believe in the possibility of individual happiness and the validity of individual opinion and initiative. But once a movement get rolling, power falls into the hands of those who have neither faith in nor respect for the individual. All true believers of our time, whether communists, Nazis, fascists, Japanese, Catholic, declaimed volumely 
and the communists still actually do, on the decadence of the Western democracies. The burden of their talk is that in the democracies, people are too soft, too pleasure-loving, too selfless, to fight, to die for a holy cause. This lack of readiness to die, we are told, is indicative of an inner rot, a moral and biological decay. The democracies are old, corrupt, and decadent. They are no match for the viral congregations of the faithful who are about to inherit the earth. And there you have it, the true believer. Please do help out. It is easy. Simply like this video so more people can enjoy it. If you have enjoyed it, if you have liked it, if you have found value in this video, please do like it. Share it too. Spread the word. Leave a comment and share your thoughts. Start a conversation with me. Start a conversation with each other. Comment on this video. Subscribe to my channel and stay up to date. You know how to do this. The link to this book is in the description below. Buy it read, never stop learning, especially learning about yourself. So gift yourself by taking the free human needs test on my website and find out what actually motivates you, what innate human need is driving all of your decisions and your behavior. And if you feel you are ready to improve your self-awareness, social awareness, self-management and relationship management even further, do check out my Master of Life Awareness program. The links are in the description below. Thank you. Love and respect.